The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. As Jesus continued his journey to Jerusalem, he traveled through Samaria and Galilee. As he was entering a village, ten lepers met him. They stood at a distance from him and raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. As they were going, they were cleansed. And one of them, realizing he had been healed, returned glorifying God in a loud voice. And he fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus said in reply, Ten were cleansed, were they not? Where are the other nine? Has none but this foreigner returned to give thanks to God? Then he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. The Gospel of the Lord. In all circumstances, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. In Christ Jesus. These are the words from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians, which were in the Alleluia verse today. And each of the readings points to the fact that we have been given everything by God. And that the properly Christian attitude is an attitude of thanksgiving. Our rector, when I was in the seminary, would always say an attitude of gratitude. She's from Philadelphia. But having an attitude of gratitude, which stems from the fact that we have encountered our Lord and our Lord has changed something in our lives. The ten lepers who encounter Jesus, nine of them are Jews and one a Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans, of course, don't mix. But I suppose having leprosy crosses over those kind of cultural boundaries and they probably all became friends because they were lepers. And they go to our Lord saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And Jesus' answer to them is, go show yourself to the priests. 
He doesn't heal them immediately. And so they're on their way to show themselves to the priests. And as they're going to show themselves to the priests, they're all healed. But it's only one of them that connects this healing to the person of Jesus. Perhaps the other nine were connecting this healing to the fact that they were going to show themselves to the priests. Or maybe they went to our Lord and they said, Lord, please heal us. And he said, go, show yourselves to the priest. And they thought, well, obviously he's not healing us. And they started walking and they were healed. And they thought to themselves, wow, we just needed a good walk. Right? Probably not that. But it's oftentimes in our own lives when we ask our Lord to do something for us and then he does do it, but we don't connect it back to him. We start to take the credit ourselves. Maybe in university you were like, Jesus, please help me write my thesis. And then you started working really hard. And when you were done writing your thesis, you thought to yourself, wow, I am amazing. I wrote an amazing thesis. It's a good thing that I worked so hard. Instead of, Jesus, thank you for inspiring me to do this. Lord, help me to be a better father. And then after some time, you're becoming a better father. And you think to yourself, wow, I'm amazing. I've made all these sacrifices and I'm a better father. And we can forget to go back to our Lord with everything and allow our Lord to truly take possession of our lives. You know, that is the desire of Jesus' heart. to take possession of our lives, not in a way that controls us or in a way that would keep us stifled, but because he wants to be in union with you. If God did not desire to be in union with you, he would not have become man. And then again, he would not have given himself to us in the Eucharist, which is that most intimate encounter with him. And so the Samaritan, who probably was most disposed to receive mercy, is the one who goes and gives thanks. Why was he most disposed to give mercy? Because 
As a Samaritan, he wouldn't expect Jesus, a Jew, to heal him. Mercy is that love that goes beyond the demands of justice. It's when we encounter love at times in our life when we don't really believe we're worthy of it or deserve it, but we recognize that we're receiving it anyways. In St. Paul's letter to Timothy, he talks about bearing everything for the sake of those who are chosen so that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus. It's that same attitude of thanksgiving. Recognizing that even in his sufferings, our Lord is reaching into his heart and our Lord is wanting to transform him. And so do we remember everything that our Lord has done for us in our lives? How much is that in our minds as we go through our weeks? In the midst of the sort of chaos that we find ourselves in, whether that's the chaos of politics or family life? Are we able to go and take refuge in our Lord? Because we know everything that he has done for us. You know, in these weeks, Monsignor Tucker has been writing letters to all of the parish which are about stewardship. And these letters are meant to remind us of the relationship that we've established with Christ. And it can be easy for us to hear these letters and think to ourselves, oh, he's just asking us for money. But the gratitude that we show to God also is expressed in the way that we spend our resources and the way that we spend our time. And when somebody truly touches our hearts, we want to spend time with them. We want to spend money on them. Think about times that you've fallen in love with somebody. You fell in love with somebody and you would give up everything to go and spend time with them. Nothing would be more important than that. When I was at West Point, I was in love with a girl. And if I had a free weekend, I would spend a lot of money to go spend time with her. Because she touched my heart in a particular way. And so as we listen to his letter, we should receive it through that lens or try to receive it through that lens of having an attitude of thanksgiving. 
And I'm going to go ahead and read it now during the homily because it's always awkward to do it at the end of Mass when it's kind of long. So his letter for this week reads, When I came to the cathedral in 1999, there were people that said that the parish is very cold. This statement was not in reference to the structure of the church and the coldness that exudes from the stone walls and the blue stained glass windows of the Marian Holy Family Chapel. The statement was in reference to the community life. The cathedral parish is a large group of people which includes over 1,400 households and it is difficult to get to know people in the parish and it can feel cold at times. Yet from those responding to the survey, 64% said that they feel very welcome at Mass. Social activities such as the fish fry on Friday nights of Lent and the parish picnic and many social outings designed by Father Fulton have brought a lot of parishioners together and have helped to build a stronger community here in the parish. Also, the school community has grown and is vibrant. And there is a greater connection between the school families and the parish families than there has been in the past. The annual Appreciation Mass in which the school thanks the parish for making Catholic education affordable has strengthened our community. Our school is a great treasure and I offer my personal gratitude and appreciation to you for making a Catholic education affordable to all families. Our financial gifts to Cathedral finance over 60% of the cost of education for our elementary students. And our monthly contribution to Pius X High School helps cover 50% of the cost of the education for each student enrolled there. Our schools provide a tremendous faith community for our young families and they are forming the children of our parish in a knowledge and love of God that will be with them for the rest of their lives. Our support of Catholic education is something to take great pride in as it is making a powerful impact on young families and our society. The cost of education is driven by the rise in the cost of living and the need to keep pace with the public schools to assure that we are able to hire the best teachers for our schools. Your continued support is needed as simple as an extra dollar a day or $30 a month, and is a sacrificial gift that is great, doing great work. In the parish council meeting last week, I asked for the council members' insights. They said that it is important to communicate not only a need to increase our income, but also communicate ways that we can reduce expenses. We talked about the wealth of talent in our parish and the need to share those talents with the parish and how this will reduce expenditures. I related a number of cases where this is currently happening through volunteer efforts, sharing their talents with the church and the school so we do not need to hire outside help. I'm grateful for these gifts and encourage more sharing of time and talent as this will also strengthen our community. We have room to grow in strengthening our community. It is so easy to get comfortable with long-time friends and fail to reach out to newcomers. It is so easy to sit back and let others get involved. As followers of Jesus, we're called to imitate his efforts, to invite and welcome all, to give and not to count the cost. Let us put forth our efforts to strengthen the cathedral parish by imitating Jesus always.
And on the note of Catholic education, I want to thank all of you personally for supporting Catholic education over the years. And when you think about giving to our school, remember what you're giving to is you're giving to a bunch of kids. And you're supporting this effort to help them to encounter our Lord. To help them to have an encounter that can be something that changes their lives and changes their hearts forever. In 2001, my younger brother, Kevin, was failing out of high school back in Michigan. He was doing drugs. He had been arrested on Mother's Day. My mom called me. I went home that May and had the juvenile court order him into my custody and moved him back here. And he had to live with me in seminarians and go to daily mass and work at the Newman Center. And he felt like he was in prison. And during that summer, he had a conversion. And at the end of the summer, there was sort of this decision, is he going to go home or is he going to stay here? And he decided to stay in Lincoln, and a very generous family welcomed him, and he ended up living with them, and he went to Pius. And, um, and Jan Frazier will tell the story this way, I think, if she's honest. When we went to meet with her to say, like, my brother wants to enroll at Pius, she was like, oh yeah, that's great, he can enroll as a junior, sure. And she thought he would stay for about two weeks and go home. But he ended up staying at Pius, found like a great faith community of friends, graduated on time, going from like a 0.3 grade point average to a 3.0 grade point average. And then she helped him to get into Benedictine College and to get a lot of financial aid for that. And three years ago, he got his doctorate in psychology, and now he is a clinical psychologist in Des Moines, Iowa, which totally changed the course of his life because Catholic education is affordable. Because believe me, if Pius cost as much as the Catholic high schools in Omaha, my parents would not have like, left him out here to go to a Catholic school. You know, those are the things that we contribute to. And sometimes, you know, I forget, and probably he forgets, to thank God for that, like the lepers in today's gospel. You know, but we also forget to thank you for that, because every single thing that happens in our Catholic schools happens because you support them. Right? And you're contributing to the spread of the gospel and building up the church. And so let us pray that we might grow in gratitude in our own heart and that our Lord might inspire us to support the work of evangelization here in our parish and in the diocese in whatever way that we can so that ever more people may come to encounter the love of Christ and that we may truly be a light that shines in the darkness of our culture.